What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your list is Spurscast, episode 489. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurscast. Joining me in studio is Pounding the Rocks, Bruno Passos. Bruno, how you doing, man? Doing all right, Paul. Uh, long-time Project Spurs listener, uh, short-time sitter next to you at Spurs game, so nice to sit down and uh, chat some Spurs with you on the uh, podcast. Yeah, man, it's, it's been really cool getting to know you. So um, for, the li- for the listeners out there, Bruno's actually one of the uh, Pounding the Rocks um, beat writers, basically, who's credentialed by, by the Spurs and the NBA to go to games, and he covers them. So during the season, um, I've gotten to know him. So, you know, we, we obviously, like, we look at stats. We, we, we joke on the sidelines a lot of times um, about the, the game experience. So, um, so thanks for coming in, man. You're actually my second guest in studio, our other Project Spurs writer, uh, Colin Reed, or somebody else who's been in here. Um, so, Bruno, let's go to begin. We have kind of like a, a pretty um, – kind of traditional layout that we have for the show the first thing we do is recap the the last few games since i last recorded so last week um i had recorded the spurs we're barely going to play the oklahoma city thunder rockets clippers and lakers and so um i had michael de Leon, one of our other project spurs writers on the episode and he predicted they would go two and two i thought san antonio would go three and one during that stretch um we didn't quite get the games right but he was a, he was a little bit more um, on course so so bruno they, they followed the thunder I mean, actually, they don't fall to the Thunder. They beat the Thunder, should I say, in San Antonio last Thursday by four points, the Spurs. Uh, then, surprisingly, they beat the Rockets by 17 on, on Easter Sunday. Um, Chris Paul was out of that game. Um, you, you were actually there, right? It was, That's right, yeah. yeah I, I took that game off. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to right. be with my family. So, yeah. You earned I, it? Yeah, I, I kind of figured that Kawhi wasn't going to play or, or Chris Paul. Um, and then on the surprising two losses for the Spurs were – Recently, uh, they, they lost a back-to-back set. Tuesday, they lost in Los Angeles against the Clippers in a game where they were ahead by 19, and they ended up dropping that game. Uh, and then on Wednesday, they went to overtime against the Lakers. And in this one, again, the Spurs were ahead by, by 8, 
And the Lakers, I mean, they, they were resting Lonzo Ball. They were re- not resting. The guys were injured. Lonzo Ball was out. Um, Brandon Ingram was out. But, you know, just a bunch of guys like Tyler Ennis, Channing Fry were just giving the Spurs um, their fit. So just kind of encompassing these last um, four games, two and two, what are your thoughts on the Spurs right now? Yeah, I mean, you said those two losses are surprising. They are uh, in the sense that you expected them to win it, but not surprising uh, when you look at the, the way the Spurs have played on the road. I think they uh, ended up now, are they 14 and 26? Something yeah, they're, like they're that. 14 and yeah. 26. Um, and, you know, they've, they had lost their previous two to the Lakers, so um, and they've, they've squandered some leads. So um, all in all, not too surprising that way, but very disappointing given, um, you know, their chance to uh, strengthen their, that, their hold on the, the forward seed that they had at the time. And, uh, yeah, now they're back into the, the morass of that uh, Western Conference uh, playoff battle between, uh, you know, the four and eight seeds right now. Yeah, and that's kind of something Bruno just mentioned right there is that this, even though it looks bad for the Spurs that they drop these two games, they're still in pretty good position to, to qualify for the playoffs. Um, they're probably not going to get as good a seed as they want. And, you know, there was a time there on Tuesday when they were um, ahead of the uh, the Clippers where there was a chance where Portland had just lost. So there was that three seed was actually still in play, um, but that didn't quite happen. So uh, the Spurs are most likely going to qualify for the playoffs. All they got to do really is just win one more game in the event uh, that Denver doesn't go undefeated. And and the Nuggets have a really tough schedule. They play all playoff teams uh, that are kind of in the standings right now. Um, So so most likely it looks like San Antonio will get one of those bottom uh, seeds there in the Western Conference unless unless they absolutely bottom out and lose all their games. Uh, Bruno, let's go to go to our first topic of this episode, and it's the same topic I have to begin every episode with. <laughs> the products first. Dreading this, yeah, and let listeners know it's basically Kawhi Leonard. So, here's the timeline for the listeners since the last time I recorded uh, what's happened. So on Saturday, uh, we all get the alert from Woj and Michael Wright that Kawhi's gone to New York to go rehab uh, under his personal, you know, medical team. He's going to be. Um, there's no expectation or, or no. Um, Date of when he's going to return, you know, to San Antonio it could be this, could be in the, this season, it could be in the playoffs, it could be never. We just don't know right now. Big change there. Uh, okay, and then on Monday, uh, Twitter got going because Brian Windhorst uh, he went on outside the lines and he basically threw a line out there. He said uh, teams will call the Spurs, um, you know, about Kawhi this coming yeah. summer. So yeah. he said that, and it didn't gain too much traction. But then by Tuesday, Zach Lowe made it really um, catch fire because then he uh, on Twitter he put um, 100% true. Vultures are circling in, in hopes of action around the draft. So then, you know, once Zach said that, then people started digging up the, the Windhorse quote. And something to, to recall is that Windhorse did say, you know, he in, in his opinion, he thinks Kawhi will sign at Supermax with the Spurs. He doesn't think he's actually leaving. But, you know, this obviously got all the rumor mills coming out. You got teams already saying that so-and-so is involved um, just on Twitter. Uh, something interesting, though, is that with Lowe mentioning the draft, the draft is actually nine days before the Spurs can even offer Kawhi the Supermax. It's uh, on June 21st. So Kawhi's still out you know, on a game-by-game basis. So for now, the Spurs haven't rolled him out for the season. Um, he's, we, we think he's still in New York, apparently. Um, yeah. And the Spurs have three, game, three regular se- three season games left. So just kind of your, your thoughts on this whole situation, especially with this news that teams are going to start calling on draft night instead of, him even getting to free agency, or, yeah. The, or to July first, the phone will ring, and that's understandable given the the information, the limited information that's out there that teams are seeing, that we're seeing. Um, of course, there should be interest because uh, you know there's there's at least um, an element of uh, uncertainty with Kawhi's status in the long term. Uh, that said, I think the phone will ring, Spurs will pick it up, and they'll they'll hang it up immediately, right? Um, Nothing in the draft, I think, is going to move the needle for them. No, no individual player can compare to a, a top three, top five superstar in terms of uh, you know what what the Spurs can get out of it. And I, I don't see any reason why 
um, that story is as you know uh, as fun as it is in the time to you know get people talking. Um, I, I don't I don't see why, given what we know, um, why the Spurs would be fielding any offers now. We don't know everything. We we don't know much at all. We've just got these pinholes of infor, of, of information right now. Um, but given what we know, I, I don't see how that uh, really changes in the way we should um, expect Kawhi to uh, if offered that supermax and all. Signs point that he'll get the offer that he wouldn't sign it. Yeah, and I think that's you know for for you and I who we both you know we cover the team for, for our for our respective websites that we write for and just all the Spurs beat writers that we all know we know we know at the games it's going to be a long summer just because of like like we mentioned this, these the rumors you know every team can just basically make out a rumor oh we offered this guy for Kawhi and it's going to just it's going to have a ripple effect across the league where players are going to hear that their name was leaked in cer- certain trade trade requests. And then, you yeah. know, that strains some relationships with their own teams that they're on right now. So could be an advantage for the Spurs. Yeah, it, it could. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to be crazy. And I mean, it could be just the fact that it's going to probably start all the rumor stuff right around the draft time. And then yeah. we still have to go into free agency on July 1st and see, do they offer the Supermax? Do they not? And all those types of rumors. And, you know, so, so it could be a long summer unless we see some, either Kawhi comes back earlier um, you know, plays at, at some time, and we and we see the old Kawhi, or uh, you know, they have some sort of visual of like Pop and and the team and him, you know, showing more, you know, I guess uh, uh, cohesion rather than uh, him a little bit more distant right now from what it looks like. Um, Bruno, let's move on to the second topic, and that's the question of the All NBA team. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, right now, he looks pretty much like a lock, like he's going to make one of those three teams. He should. Um, I was kind of just putting together some names here, and so. When the media does vote at the end of the year for this for this uh, selection, uh, they're going to basically have like a first team vote, a second and third team, if sure. I recall. It's kind of like the format. So I'm looking at some names here, and I, you know, Anthony Davis. They have the option of putting him as a center forward, so I think they're going to put him as a center most likely. Yeah. Then I think LeBron's at second forward. Yeah. And then uh, you got Giannis most likely. So do you think those are the, the three guys at forward, forward, center? Davis, LeBron, Giannis for t- for the first team. Giannis makes sense. I haven't really um, kind of compared between if, if people are leaning more heavily between Giannis and KD. Um, mm-hmm. Giannis is, is a perfectly fine choice for that uh, first team. And like you said, I think given that they probably want to fit LeBron plus that that second player in the forward slots, they'll the voting should probably lean towards Anthony Davis getting those center votes, um, which uh, imp- makes things better for Lamarcus Aldridge because I think Kevin uh, O'Connor of the Ringer tweeted recently that on the ballots LaMarcus Aldridge is only eligible as a yes, forward is that right? Yes, only a forward, yeah. Yeah, so that should help him, right? I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you look at that that top tier uh talent in the forwards, um, you know, after you get past the LeBron James, Giannis, KD, I I don't know who else is there anyone else that you would put uh above LaMarcus there? No. I mean, I was going to go through the rest of the names. So let's say that's the first team, LeBron, Giannis, and Davis, and then maybe maybe Durant. Yeah. I think Durant the thing that hurts him is that uh they, he has missed a little, he's little missed bit. Games, he's yeah. missed games compared to yeah. Giannis. Okay, so now let's look at the other forwards. You know, if we're, if we're saying the second team, um, you got Durant there or Giannis. Yeah. You got Aldridge. I mean, outside of, after that, there's really nobody who. There's Paul George. I don't, Lamarcus has had a better season. I think voters will see I that. I think so, yeah. Uh, and then I can't even get any other names. As far as traditional forwards, you got maybe like Jimmy Butler, who's been hurt all year. He has, yeah. And I mean, just, is, 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 he, is he a de facto forward, uh, not, not shooting guard? Yeah, for, yeah okay. exactly. They yeah. might put him as, as a guard. Um, the, the, the real area here uh, that's concerned, I mean, that's, that's interesting is the big man, uh, the center position. You know, it, like we said, if you put Davis at the, at the center spot, then you have, um, you still have Joel Embiid out there. You still have Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and you still have Rudy Gobert, and so those are like four guys, kind of jockeying for one center position, I mean, for yeah. three center positions. So I wonder if maybe they do something where, like, I don't know if they're eligible, or if they're able to move like Towns to to power forward or, or somebody like that. So I, I think overall we're we're pretty much in agreement. Lamarcus will make the first or second team, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of Paul George. Um, there's uh, Blake Griffin's not going to uh, go ahead of LaMarcus. Um, Draymond Green is, is out there as well. Uh, has a bit of a reputation, but um, yeah, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the impact um, on the team's success, I, I don't see how you would put him above LaMarcus either. Okay, Bruno, one other topic I want to bring up is Tony Parker. You know, he gave he gave up the, the starting point guard role back in early January to DeJounte Murray. Um, and overall, you know, his stats look okay. There's 7.8 points, um, 3.7 assists off the bench in, in less than 20 minutes, 19.6 minutes, 46% shooting. And in some games in the past, he's, he's kind of shown that he can come in and, and, you know, really put a little bit of distance for the Spurs' the second unit. But lately, he's he just hasn't looked good. What, what's going on with Tony right now? Yeah, so you, you look at Tony Parker's numbers, the last 11 games, he's averaging 3.9 points per game on a under 28% shooting from the field. That's 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 terrible. He's He's been the worst player for the Spurs in that stretch. And, uh, you know, there's there's been some uh, fluidity with the rotations in that time. I don't know if it's got to do with that. I don't know if, you know, he's, he's um, you know, kind of a bit banged up right now. But either way, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a hole for the Spurs, and he, he's, he's generally one of those guys that they can count on to, you know, uh, be the metronome for that, for that offense and, you know, keep things going. And if, if, if he's not uh, able to hit those shots consistently, get to his spots and, and make things happen, then it's, it's an issue. Yeah, and you know, you look at Pop right now in these last few games, and he's already kind of figured out his rotation. It's basically Murray, Mills, uh, Green, Anderson, and and Aldridge as a starting five. In the event they don't play a team with the big guys, you know, if not, he will start Powell if he has to. Uh, but that's kind of his preferred lineup, and they're, and they're you know, they're statistically and by the eye test, they're obviously doing very well. Uh, and then his bench unit is Parker, uh, Bryn Forbes, Manu, Rudy Gay, and uh, and uh, Pal Gasol. Yeah. And like you mentioned there, you know. He, in the playoffs, those a lot of starters, their minutes increase. You know, they're, they're not taking as much breaks. They're not giving as much time to second units like Parker and, and Manu and these guys can uh, play against. And so that, that's a big concern if Parker's not giving you anything in the playoffs when you really don't have another option because um, outside of just kind of trimming the rotation because a lot of fans do like Derek White, but he's been in Austin all year. I mean, even even tonight that we're recording this, you and I, uh, he's, he's playing in the Austin game. And I, I just don't see it in pop to just bring a rookie even though uh, he's been playing well in the G League to just put him in, throw him in the fire unless unless there was some sort of injury situation. Definitely not. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned you know the, or the Spurs have handed the keys to Dejounte now, and he's a different kind of point guard. You know, so it, it's he's he's not somebody who's going to make the offense altogether better by getting guys in their spots. You know, hitting you know hitting uh, the pick and pop perfectly. Still learning that, and you know that's what Tony is you know supposed to give you. Uh, but if he's not really a threat to score, if that shooting's not there, then defenses can tighten up, and he doesn't he can't doesn't have that speed to turn the corner and make him pay. Yeah, and I think I feel like the one guy who that's going to put now more pressure on if he's not playing well. Let's just say the playoffs do come and he's still playing like this is Manu, yeah. where you know I I just I still even even with Forbes I don't trust Pop's going to give him that many minutes. Um, and if if Parker's not giving anything, then that then that's all on Manu's shoulders to have to to, to be productive every single game uh, with at least bringing some sort of points off the bench. Uh, you know, Rudy helps you out too, but in terms of guard play, I feel like that that's going to put a lot more stress on on the forty year old Manu Ginobili. Yeah, that second unit's got some some issues still to work out. Rudy Gay's been good as of late. Uh, I think that that second unit should still work kind of around him a bit more. Is that second? He's aside from Lamarcus, he's the only other guy that can you know you can get, can get buckets. Uh, so I'd like to see them sort of lean around him and kind of uh, put him in situations like uh, Lamarcus does in the post and and just let him let him work because not much else is happening right now. That's a question I want to get your take on. Um, I, I had a, one of our writers, Stephen Anderson, on an episode a few weeks ago. And we brought up Rudy Gay, and we said, how come in, in some games you, uh, Pop does close with him, but then sometimes he doesn't? Like just perfect example, the Clippers game. Yeah. He, he played like the first three minutes, Pop takes him out, and then he doesn't close the game. 
Uh, and like you mentioned, he's that other guy to LaMarcus who can who can um, also create his own shot. Uh, but then against the Lakers, he did he did close it out. What do you think is going on here? Is it for my take at that time? I had just said that it's Pop not trusting him yet. Like yeah. he's he kind of Pop's going to go to battle with the guys that he knows, like you know knows, knows his plays, knows himself, his coaching style inside and out. Yeah. Whereas Rudy's still kind of like a new face to him. Is that what, what do you think is going on here? I think there's a case of what we see and what Pop sees out there that Rudy's doing, and it's kind of two different things, right? We hear Pop talk uh, in post game whenever he's asked about Rudy, and he's like. Yeah, you know, we he, we know we can score, but it's it's always good when he he does those other and I, those, does those other things. And uh, I think Pop's expecting you know a little bit more on out of him defensively. Uh, he's expecting him to kind of get to his spots better offensively and know the system. And I think we don't really hone in on that very much when we're watching the games live. But I think Pop is noticing these things, and that's why every now and then we see uh, Rudy get pulled in um, kind of important situations where you think he should be out there. Yeah, and going back to uh, shifting back to Parker, one interesting thing is that. Uh, you know, against the Clippers game the other day, you saw that Murray didn't close out the game either, just like Rudy. And and from my take, you know, fans were obviously upset. They wanted Murray in there instead of um, instead of Pop closed out with a monument point guard and basically Patty Mills together. It was that backcourt um, along with Danny Green and Kyle Anderson against the Clippers game. And so then Murray did close against the Lakers, and you know he put on a pretty good showing offensively. But yeah. I still feel like a lot of times Pop is going to be more reserved of the, the lack of spacing that Murray provides for them. And yeah. even even though you lose a defense, you saw what those teams are doing to them in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then you know games get a bit different at the end of uh, at the end, and teams can be a bit more prepared for what Murray can offer in the half court, right? You know they they know how to play him in the pick and roll, and, and that's that, that's a bit of an issue for a team that you know is trying to get that bucket to tie it or win it. Yeah, so that that's definitely something to watch, especially Parker, like like Bruno mentioned. Uh, just you know, what, maybe it's just him kind of saving all he has for the playoffs, but and if not, I mean. He's got to bring it in round one. Like you know, he was playing well last year to start yeah, against Memphis. Yeah, we saw how important he was in the playoffs last year, and uh, really gave you know. Don't know how far the Spurs actually go in the playoffs uh, without him last year. Yeah, so so that'll be something interesting to watch uh, going forward now uh, with Tony Parker. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go, in the car, or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 489. I am joined by Bruno Passos of PoundingTheRock.com. If you're on Twitter, please follow him, at BouncePassos. And uh, please go over to Pounding the Rock and read his work. Um, Bruno, now we're going to go through uh, what we call our, our Spurs Twitter questions. So basically, I, I go online and I ask this, uh, the, the listeners to send us questions using the hashtag SpursCast. And so we have three in this week. Um, the first one comes from at Suave. He asks, uh, do any of the Villanova players draw the eye of the Spurs staff in the upcoming draft? Um, yeah, so uh, my attention is generally occupied by the NBA this time, uh, you know, for, for the, the entire stretch. I have been, managed to catch a bit of uh, March Madness, so 
familiar with the team's sort of top-tier talent. Uh, Bridges is, uh, I believe, the most sort of elite prospect on the team. He's garnered some comparisons to Kawhi Leonard. Unfortunately, it's, it looks like he'll be off the board um, well before the Spurs are up, which uh, I don't know where they're pending. Right now, are. as of today, that you and I are recording this on Thursday evening, they're, they're, they're expected to get twentieth, the 20th pick. 20th pick, okay. So uh, presumably everyone else would be on the board. Um, Dante DiVincenzo had that huge game in the, fi- in the final. Don't think he's quite at the, the sort of 20 spot that the Spurs will be at. Um, Jalen Brunson, the, the point guard, is uh, a, a, definitely an NBA caliber player, but at the point guard position, the Spurs seem fairly set right now in terms of you know where where they want to uh, you know move forward. So don't think he'd be quite the the type of guy that would get their eye either. Yeah, and you know just basically what you just said, um, you know, on NBADraft.net, Jalen Brunson is expected to go twenty eight. So that's kind of like you know that's a little bit later I think than for what the Spurs could get as far as a player. And like you mentioned, they already have a point guard with Dejounte and Derek White. Their point guard rotation for the future is pretty much set. Uh, DiVincenzo, you know, six four shooting guard. He had the big, the big tournament game with uh, thirty one points there to to win the championship. But even on their site, uh, NBADraft.net, he's expected to go in the late first to early second. So I think that if the Spurs wanted to gamble, maybe with their second round pick, they could try to pick somebody uh, somebody like him up. And yeah. unless they make a trade, you're right, they can't get Bridges uh, unless they were to do some sort of trade where they get a, a top ten lottery pick. Um, let's go to our second question, Bruno. And that is brought to us by uh, B Mahani. They ask, uh, everyone is talking about the Supermax Kawhi will be offered this offseason. Do you think he will? What I guess they mean, do you think he will get it? Uh, with this lingering injury, do you feel that that type of commitment is too risky? If the Spurs are not willing to go all in, do you see a trade more likely? So, I don't know how much the injury really bothers the Spurs, right? They've, they've cleared Kawhi to play. So, yeah. you know, you know I, I think according to them, they think Kawhi can, can, can go, go out there and play and if, if that's the case. And uh, they should also think that he's good for that uh, $219 million uh, contract. So um, it, it doesn't look like uh, there is anything that uh, would give them, get them to draw pause right now. Okay. I, I think that, there, like you, I, I agree. I think that as long as, the, the, you know, there's time here. There's for, between now and basically July 1st to, to, to make, pick up the phone and make that phone call, extending it to him. And then he would have, if they did give it to him, he would have, uh, after the moratorium, which is like um, first six or five days after July starts, up until like mid-October, basically. So there's some time there. And I think that that's that time that you, you would need to mend this relationship if it is really broken from yeah. what we're, we're hearing. We don't know if it's really broken. We've obviously only heard Kawhi speak um, a few weeks ago. He just said he wants to be a spur for life or something, or he wants to finish his career here. Yeah, for sure. I so, words. and then, you know, and then Pop, you know, and, and the players have, have, have had some of their, their sound bites um, taken apart in interviews. But as long as that, that relationship can be mended, and like Bruno mentioned, I think that from the Spurs' eyes, he's okay. He's, he, he can play according to all their medical testing. But it's kind of on, on, on Kawhi's side right now. You know, he feels that he can't play. He has an outside team looking at his situation. And if that doesn't get any, if that doesn't progress any better it's in, forms of their, in terms of communication, then I think that, yeah, it is a, then it becomes a very risky move. And here's why. Um, in about one month and nine days, April 14th, it's going to be, or not May 14th, should I say, it's going to be a year since we've seen Kawhi at that MVP type level when Zaza basically went under his ankle, I mean, under his foot. So if Kawhi doesn't play, you know, in these next few games, uh, 10 of the season, or even in the playoffs, and we don't see that old Kawhi always saw as it was nine games, then there is that risk of, is he still, you know, that that's a big risk a whole year now away from basketball of being that, that top elite type player. So that is something that, um, that 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 I think that you, that needs to be observed, and then also, what did you think about that other question? Uh, if they don't give him the supermax, let's say they try to go a little bit lower, or like they try to put some sort of restrictions in the contract, like triggers, do you think that if he would probably not sign it and then maybe want out? 
Yeah, it's it's hard to say. You know, um, generally you you would think that whatever they come at him with is is an offer that he'll find agreeable. But at the same time, you know, there's uh, a, a bit of uh, discontent with the the situation with the the shoe contract. You know, that they they threw back uh, with uh, Air Jordan. So. Uh, who, it's it's a bit of a wild card if 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 the Spurs don't put um you know that max offer sheet out there, hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's really hard to say, like you mentioned right now, because again, we don't know the we don't we're only reading out of the the you know, the, the silence basically because what we're making all the a yeah. lot of people are just making even like everybody on ESPN is making all these and Fox Sports one they're just making all these opinions based on the situation because no one actually has their ears plugged into what's going on. We're not in the room with Kawhi or the Spurs' medical staff in terms of what's exactly happening with that injury. So we don't know exactly how far uh, these relationships have, have broken down. Yeah, he's, um, he's Bartleby the Scrivener <laughs> in NBA form. <laughs> Let's go on to our last uh, Spurs Twitter question. It comes from at RodDancer1. Uh, he asks, a question for your podcast. Do you think Kawhi will be ready for the first round of the playoffs? I, I don't. Okay. I d- don't think uh, we have any um, evidence to you know make us lean that way. I, I'd hope so. It, it would be a total game changer and a playoffs that's uh you know looking a little bit easy to predict at least the first few rounds uh or i guess in in what matters um in the out of the west uh but uh in in terms of do i expect it i i don't expect i I expect the spurs this this to be the spurs team that uh, they take into the postseason i agree with you you know next week is actually we're recording this on a thursday by next saturday the playoffs are beginning that's it like it's april 14th unless he somehow plays in these next three games or gets at least one of the practice or two one one practice in i just don't see it either there's just no evidence that you know he's he the team already kind of has their their formula their chemistry their rotations pops got it down to that 10-man rotation um, and so I, I don't see it either. You know, I basically have to see it to believe it. So I'm with, I'm with Bruno in, in that question as well on that question. Uh, Bruno, let's move on to our last segment, which is uh, predicting the Spurs' next three games. We just like to do this uh, during all our podcasts. Um, so the first game the Spurs returned to return home on Saturday against the Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers are 48 and 30, third out West, uh, six and four in their last 10. Damian Lillard, uh, the, the Blazers are playing tonight, Thursday against the Rockets, and he's out for that game with an ankle injury. So we don't know the status by Saturday. Uh, offensively, they're 15th, uh, 108.8 points per 100. Defensively, 9th, 106.5 points per 100. Who do you have Saturday between the Spurs and Blazers? Yeah, D- Damian Lillard's uh, situation is obviously the wild card here. If he comes in, then uh, it's a uh, it's a tough one. But otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm, I, with all these predictions, I'm happy to sort of uh, lean on the, the home and away splits and give the Spurs uh, uh, the home win. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think this is this is the the opposite Spurs team when they go home. They're actually okay. Yeah, uh, we saw them beat you know recently the the Thunder and then like I mentioned the, the Rockets too. So I got the Spurs in this one. Even even if Dame plays, I feel like they're going to kind of limit his minutes. If that would be his first game back, uh, they kind of they have a big gap. They they have they have they already have, they only have uh, 30 losses. The next closest team to them has 33 losses, which is four games left for the Blazers. So I feel like they can be a little bit more conservative um, in terms of keeping that third seed. Uh, then Monday, Bruno, the Spurs play, play the Sacramento Kings at home. Uh, the Kings are 25 and 54. They're 27th out west, uh, three and seven in their last 10. 29th on offense and 28th on defense. Who do you have in that one? Spurs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this one should be easy, right? The, there's no reason to not think that they uh, come locked in and just take care of business and send the Kings back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Sacramento play has a vacation trip planned out, so. Uh, they're checking out for that one. Uh, last game, Bruno, of the season is uh, next Wednesday. It's in New Orleans, so the Spurs go back on that dreaded place called the Road, where they're six and sixteen since January. Not very good. Uh, the, the Pelicans are forty-four and thirty-four, eighth currently, but that could change. Uh, they're five and five in their last ten. Offensively, fourteenth, one hundred eight point nine points per one hundred. Defensively, thirteenth, one hundred seven point six points per one hundred. Who do you have in this one? Uh, 
So it's the Spurs on the road against the Pelicans in a game that the end last game 82 with major playoff implications on the line. I think we've seen this uh, movie before uh, and I don't uh, expect it'll be a different uh, outcome. Unfortunately, I'd give uh, the Pelicans a nod and Spurs take an L on the last game of the season. Yeah, I'm with you two there. And what's going to be interesting is I think that, you know, obviously they get these, those first two wins, then they're going to be okay in qualifying for the playoffs. But I think that Pelicans game could be a big one where, that kind of determines whether you're going to be seated like four through eight kind of matchup, depending on, you know, what OKC, what Minnesota, what New Orleans and Utah have done by that point. So I think that's a, that's a big game. Like you mentioned in terms of their fate of, of who they're going to draw in round one. I've, you know, if they lose that one, we don't know if they'll be seventh or eighth or, or, you know, if they win it, you know, are they, are they fourth, fifth or sixth? Yeah. I'm already getting a bit of a headache thinking about the different scenarios with tiebreakers and all that. It's easy to get cross-eyed with it right now. And um, I don't know, could, could be another, uh, hopefully it won't be another situation like 2015, where uh, the Spurs go from a more favorable uh, matchup to a less favorable one, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll definitely have to just wait and see. All right, uh, thanks, Bruno, for coming on the Spurs cast. Uh, uh, make sure if you're if you're following him on Twitter, it's at Bruno Bounce Passos, at Bounce Passos. And again, visit uh, poundingtherock.com is where all Bruno's um, work is written. Uh, so thanks, thanks again for Bruno for coming on this episode. Just a few quick reminders before we close out the show. Uh, continue to send your questions to hashtag SpursCast. Um, at Project Spurs, uh, follow at Project Spurs, at AT League underscore NBA, at the Spurs cast, at Project Spurs Network, and then uh, visit ProjectSpurs.com, analyzing the league.com, ProjectSpurs.net. And then if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review. Uh, the show listeners will change a little bit, um, a little bit the format pretty soon. Uh, should the Spurs qualify for the playoffs, we're going to be doing um, episodes after each game after each uh, round, uh, each game of the playoffs. And if they don't, then we'll go into the, that type of off-season mode with the show. Uh, thanks again, Bruno, for coming on this episode. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank you for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.